You're listening to Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football. The one and only podcast dedicated to providing analysis, advice, and entertainment for salary cap fantasy football players. Now, here are your hosts, Tim Kennedy and Sean McGuire. Well, gather around, everybody. It is time once again for the Steel Salary Cap Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm Tim Kennedy. I'm here with Sean McGuire. Hey, what's up? Well, I'm cool now. I'm in your air-conditioned house. My frigid house? Well, I like it better than what's going on outside. It's pretty hot here. In Minnesota, this is 90% of our conversation is the weather. (laughs) Because it's either like brutally cold or brutally hot. Yeah, I don't know if we should be like complaining about it though, because there's a lot of this, there's a lot of places in the country right now that are hotter That's and true. or burning. That's true. So, yeah, we really don't have a lot to complain, we complain about. about the smoke from California, but that's probably not very nice. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I, I we got to count our blessings. I count think, our blessings. Instead. We are going to be talking about third year players today. These are guys that you might be wondering what to do with, either to extend them trade them, cut them. If you're going to extend them, how long you might want to think you about extending them You already brought up Nikhil Harry, didn't you? Or the cut. <laughs> the cut. <laughs> yep, yep. You can go ahead and cut him. Uh, we're not actually going to talk about him anymore no. today. No, I think we just did. That's all you need <laughs> That's to hear right. about. Um, but before we get into that, we do have news. It's It's kind of a little bit of older news now because it happened right after we recorded last week. But Cam Akers, as I'm sure you all know now, uh, tore his Achilles. And so we just wanted to uh, to touch on that and talk about the impacts of that. It's actually going to lead us into one of our third-year player discussions. Yeah, so the thing with for me with Cam Akers is uh, I, I've, I spend a, a, some amount of time chatting with folks about fantasy football. Uh, online, and I've never really seen uh, something where it has where I've had to watch a large number of people go through the stages of grief. Yeah, and should we, should we review what those are? That's yes, yeah, denial, mm-hmm. anger, bargaining, depression, and acceptance. And you can go kind of back and forth through those stages, right? Or right. have them all at one time. And I will say, last year when um, same thing happened to Marlon Mack, I went through this. It wasn't so bad because, like, Marlon Mack, for me, was, like, my third or fourth running back. It wasn't that big a deal. Oh, good for you. I'm just saying. It was, like, a light dose of that, right? But we just talked last week about how everybody was super hyped on Cam uh, Cam Akers. Yeah. And even though we had no knowledge of this and would never take a victory lap over somebody's injury, uh, we did advise people, hey, you know, if you're you're going to be moving guys around, is the guy you should be selling. I don't know if... I don't know if we can take any credit for that, though. Well, no, I mean that not because of the injury. Yeah. No, I'm just saying is that was where our mindset was yeah. last week, yeah. and then the injury happened, and my immediate reaction was I just told everybody to go sell him. Now I feel like it feels weird. It suddenly feels weird because you know by the timing of when it actually got posted from when the news happened, it sounded it may have sounded like <laughs> we were oh. we were we're. Yeah, so I, I, I just didn't want anything weird about that. But now that we're through the emotional reaction, I want to be everybody's guide oh. to help them through their stages of grief. Oh, kind of, you're putting on your counselor hat. I'm putting on my counselor. Well, yes. Thanks, Sean. So here's the thing. The number one thing people need to know is nobody – we talked about this with Marlon Mack, with, with Dr. Westcard. Nobody has ever come – no running back has ever come back – from the injury tear, yeah. and been anything like they may have played a game or two and then got cut. There was like, there's been nothing. Right. If Cam Akers comes back, he will be the first player, first running back, to first do running that. back to do that. And everybody, there's just a, so much rationalization. This is, these are the stages. There's so much, you know, whether it's bargaining or, or denial. And then by the way, when you confront people, Hey, I don't think you're you're thinking this through. Possibly, you get anger, mm-hmm. right? So I've I've gotten some anger from people. I don't have any 
dog in this fight at all. Right. Um, but here's the deal. Uh, you hear a lot of, well, nobody's been 22 before. Well, that's not true. <laughs> There's been tw- plenty of, of young running backs that have torn their Achilles, and none of them have come back. They just maybe never made it to the NFL. Oh, no. Is that or, what you're or, saying? Or they're, or in you're the, they're in the NFL, NFL, but just people just never learned anything about them because they never became anything because, gotcha. right? So, like, uh, and they'll say, well, no one's ever been as good. Well, we don't. We didn't know, and we talked about this. We didn't know how good Cam Akers was. Right. We thought we thought he was probably pretty good, but but he didn't actually produce great in Florida because his line was terrible. And six hundred yards in L.A. in you know right. sharing carries was was fine. Yeah, he had fewer yards per carry than than the guy we're going to be talking about next, which is which is uh, Darrell Henderson. But ultimately, um, like. Michael LaShore had basically the same exact draft capital. Drafted in the 50s, maybe, you know, uh, either a couple picks earlier or later, um, and tore his Achilles, then came back his second year, basically started the entire season, was super ineffective, and never played again. So if you didn't uh, recognize that name when Sean said it, that's why. Yeah, I mean, well, he was a starting running back, but he, he was a high draft capital guy, and, you know, so... That's that Arian Foster. People are like, well, Arian Foster was really old and he was already broken down and whatever. The year before he tore his Achilles, 1,500 yards, 13 touchdowns in 13 games, averaging almost five yards a carry. So, and, and he had played a couple games before he tore his Achilles and he didn't look great in those games. That's true. But again, that's data. It's a data point. There are no data points on the other side. There's not one example of this guy. People have to, people say, well, I'm not going to use Arian Foster because he was old, older in the world of like human beings. Twenty eight, twenty nine is not that old, but in the world of running backs, it's in the running backs, it's getting old. older. But then they bring up they I, I, they're always they bring up Emmanuel Sanders, who is you know, but he's old, and they bring up Emmanuel Sanders, or they'll they'll bring up uh, uh, I can't believe I'm blanking out his name, but uh, Kevin Durant in the NBA, who is also thirty years old. And also plays a different sport that's not premised upon explosion. Doctor Westgard was really clear, like about how much you need that Achilles to have explosive athletic action. And there's no position I can think of in in professional sports, like team sports, that needs that more than an NFL running back. So basically, you can still trade. There's a lot of people who wanted Cam Akers really bad, and they couldn't get him. And there's a lot of people who are thinking they're they're buying Cam Akers cheap if you sell him for a second round pick. Do it. You are selling him high. Yeah. He's never going and even if he does come back, he'll never be like you'll be lucky to get a Darrell Henderson or a Devin Singletary level of production. We're talking about some of these guys today. You're never gonna get what you thought you're gonna get out of Cam Akers. So my advice to you is is I mean, I've I've seen people trade him for Allen Robinson and tra- after after the injury. Um, first round picks, like, yeah, you should do, be running to do that if you can do that. Do it, but I would well, take a second. Let's talk about Henderson since we've just been talking about Acres. Um, I mean, I see Henderson as the guy going forward in LA at least for the next couple of years. See, I don't, you don't. Okay, well, good. Let's talk about this. I, you give me, you give me your pitch first. Uh, here's my pitch. He was also a third round pick, so I had similar draft capital. Um, he's averaged over his pro career 4.4 yards per carry. Last year, uh, when Cam Akers, uh, before Cam Akers took on more of the rushing role in L.A., he was the running back 13. So when he was seeing action, he was, you know, he was pretty good. He's a pretty good back. He's probably relatively expensive, though, because uh, ADP when he was a rookie was as the as the fifth pick. As a rookie, so yeah, that was crazy. So he's probably, you know, he's got a little a little price to him, but that's still probably pretty cheap if you're going to get a stud running back. So I think he's a guy that I would probably give a couple of years to if we're talking about contracts for third year players, because um, just to see how it plays out. He's still in his rookie deal for two more years in LA. I'd I'd want to see what he does there for the next couple of years. Why do you disagree? What, okay, what so, don't you like about him? So, well, it's not that. It's so, much, so, first of all, I, you, last year he had the most yards per carry of the LA backs, four and a half. 
the year before, he basically had the most carry, uh, most yards per carry out of the running, of LA backs. It was 3.8, a different level of production. So the, he is kind of a, if you look at what he is, he is kind of a boomer bust player, meaning you know, he's the kind of running back that can, that can house, you know, uh, uh, long runs, um, but he's not really a grinder. He's not really going to be the guy that you're going to trust to get a tough first down. And the number one thing that I look at is they replaced him once already. So he was a third round pick. They spent a second round pick on Cam Akers. And uh, so they basically already made the decision. They, they saw what he could do, and they said, eh, we're going to get a different guy. Now that guy went poof. I, I'm saying he went poof. He's not coming back. They're, they're, if they replaced, if, if LA replaced Henderson once, they'll do it again. Like that's just what happened with Acres is tragic and whatever, but it doesn't change ultimately what their assessment of Henderson is, which is he's not a guy that you can rely on. Which was why the offense had shifted to Acres by the end of the year. So, so I I think um, ultimately what we have here is a bubble, and this is why. Um, like he was his eighty. Like he, in our league, he was drafted quite a bit later than five. It's because we do a draft pretty late in the year, and I think people already figured out that he he wasn't going to be like this, you know, amazing superstar, and he was going to share carries with Malcolm Brown and and uh, Todd Gurley. And so I just think, um, but if you if you, if you drafted him and you got him high, and then you watched his ADP drop and drop and drop, now's your window. You you got a chance to get rid of him at that salary for something of value because he's going to have value this year um, unless somebody else signs there. So, which is also a possibility. There's a bunch of decent running back free agents out there. Todd Gurley's out there. They could bring Gurley back. Le'Veon Bell that's is just out a there. decent free agent. Yeah, well, that's true. Todd Gurley's one of his knees is pretty good. So, um, and, and from the sound of it, you might think he's still going to be better than Henderson with one knee. No, I, I, my point is that it, it, he might not end up having like this big share of the running game because they might be bringing in a couple other guys. It might be a, a, one of these situations where you saw Clyde edwards Zelaire suddenly lose value because the ghost of Le'Veon Bell came in and, and did enough to reduce his workload. I just think that is still a thing that could happen. And um, and so I think sell him now. Get rid of him now. You, you, you can... Um, I don't know exactly what his ADP is because anything you look at includes all the stuff you know before K-Maker's injury. But I mean, I would—I honestly don't see him as having a long-term future at all. I think they will replace him again. Yes, there's a chance that he has an amazing year, and then the team is just like, "Yep, this is our guy going forward." I don't know why we drafted K-Maker's, but I see that as a pretty small chance. So, sure. So that's that's for me. This is a selling window that you you were hoping to get and it, you you had no you just by by providence have this window and and if you don't sell now you're going to miss that opportunity. All right. Yeah, I think uh you know for the price even though he was a you know the fifth rookie off the board in 2019 on average um the price is still reasonable probably like you usually get a deal on rookies. And so I'm willing to, to take the chance on a player like this, who's in a great situation at a decent price relative to other running backs. So, but right. we disagree. We shall I, see. Thank you for the, uh, for the conversation, Sean. <laughs> Should we talk about <laughs> another guy? I don't know if we disagree or agree on this guy. Uh, I haven't looked at your notes. Yeah, I haven't so looked I at your know. notes either. Miles Gaskin, what mm-hmm. do you think? Um, well, I see negatives and positives for Gaskin. The negatives for me is that um, I read a report that Miami would have picked up Kerryon Johnson uh, if he didn't go to Philly. So that you know, so they're they, unwilling to pay whatever minimal amount that that the Philly paid for Kerryon Johnson. Apparently, um, so but it tells me they were looking for uh, another running back, which isn't surprising. They did end up adding Malcolm Brown. <laughs> Excuse me. <laughs> and they also drafted a, a guy in the draft too. Yeah, right. So like the sixth round. So I think and and uh, Miles Gaskin at least last year was not a great touchdown 
uh, score. So I think Brown could eat into that, whatever, whatever numbers he had. Um, but the positives are the, the Dolphins drafted Waddle and Fuller, and I think they will open up running lanes for Gaskin. He's probably cheap. He was, I, unless you have a four, four or five round rookie draft, he probably wasn't drafted. So his AD, well, his ADP was 30. Uh, two oh, years ago, which okay. I was surprised at because yeah. he did, he went undrafted in our league, but I was surprised at his ADP. So, but uh, but he also fell off the list the second year, so he was probably cut by a lot of people. Right. So my guess is a lot of people signed him. And even last if he year. was drafted at thirty, still relatively cheap. Yeah. Um, so I mean, for me, I would say I don't think you. This is I guess a similar argument as I have for Henderson. I don't think you dump a young cheap running back that's the number one running back for their team right now i would have a hard time doing that unless you're you know anybody's tradable if you get the right offer yeah, i would go for course. it but he's not a guy i probably would be shopping um depending on where my team's at so so he's a guy that yeah and that's i'm gonna go off of that a little bit so he's a guy that is said his adp originally was 30 it's now nine within this class you know not nine overall but within this class that's a big rise for for a guy that had fallen off the charts this time last year, we didn't talk about him. Um, and uh, there's a reason for that on a points per game basis. He was a top 10 running back last year. So that is, um, I, that's impressive. And the people who have him know that he was that useful. Um, so what is number nine overall in this class? It's number. It's basically equal to number sixty-three overall, which sounds pretty high, except half the top sixty some players are running backs. So he's number twenty-six among the running backs. Okay. Uh, Dynasty ADP it was half point PPR, but so I see this as a kind of a, he's a really difficult um, guy to, to read because. Um, I'll just say, if I'm going for a championship, I want Miles Gaskin um, because you're getting, you're getting a guy. You've got a guy that's I think could finish is the 10 to 15 range, um, for the price of a, a ADP price of 26. Like for me, he's a steal. But if you're thinking long term, you might have a different analysis, and I think that that's a little bit about what you were saying. So. And I just look at this and there's a lot of buzz in Miami about them drafting a guy. There's so many predictions that they were going to take Williams or ETN or... Why uh, do you think that is, Sean? Because he's not, he's not really a little guy. He's 5'10", 200 pounds. He's not, he's no. not huge, but he's, he's, huge. he's a good-sized running back. He's on you the just, smaller side, but I, I just I literally think there's so many people who, people who are looking at Miami and people who are having their own personal fantasies about, I'm watching all this film on Najee Harris and imagine what he would do in the Miami offense. So then people started projecting these guys to go to Miami, but that's not necessarily the game that Brian Flores was, was doing. He's looking at his team and saying, I want to build a team. Why am I going to spend high draft capital on a running back? Haven't we already learned the lesson? That's not, it almost is never worth it. And we have a guy that's productive. And Flores has said, every time I put him on the field, he's productive, right? Yeah, and they have new uh, offensive coordinators. They have like co-coordinators in Miami, and they are focused on making sure Tua right. succeeds. And I think and and Gaskin has a skill set that works really well for quarterback uh, development because he is a, a, a good pass catching back and does a lot with the ball when he gets it. So, so I just think the reality is that he averaged almost a hundred yards a game last year, um, and. He reminds me a lot of Brian Westbrook. I'm not going back a ways, but I had Brian Westbrook on my team, and I remember picking him up thinking, well, he's not going to be anything. And uh, he gained the confidence of Andy Reid first, and Andy Reid kept on putting him out there. And it, it took everybody else was projecting the Eagles were going to be getting going a different direction at running back, and they never did. They basically just ultimately the rest of the world figured out what Andy Reid knew, which was that Brian Westbrook was really good at football. So, um, so pick up the next Brian Westbrook. I, I'm just saying, for me, I I would I would sign him to a long term contract as a run, for a running back. I mean, they're not talking about ten years. No, no running back is worth that. But I would do that with the hopes that he actually keeps that job. 
um, in which case you might have a bargain for many years. He, he probably will never be a top 10 running back at the end of the year. But I think you can get a really good kind of bench running back for pretty pretty cheap if you if you have them. Great if you can if you can get them, that also works. But if you play with guaranteed contracts, like some leagues, they play with they, they you sign a guy like that guy's you're paying his contract. I would probably dial it back a little bit. Right. Well, and he has 24 already as well. So I, I guess for me, a long term contract would mean three years. Yeah, I would probably go about three years i mean i think you and i ultimately see this pretty similar because especially if you if you have him pretty cheap and you can re-up your contracts if he's doing great you can always you know you can always reinvest in him but you know i think the odds that he is going to survive three years in the nfl and continue to be productive i mean brian westbrook might be one in a million kind of a player um and so i i just I, I would be real kind of wary about doing that. So I, I'm a long-term contract. I think you and I are talking the same language, three years. Okay. All right. We're kind of lumping a couple of running backs together next. Alexander Madison and Tony Pollard, a couple of basically backup. They're handcuffed running backs. Handcuffs. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did a little more closer, deeper dive on Madison, Sean. Um, Is it because he's in town? I don't. Well. <laughs> Just messing with you. <laughs> Did you do? Did you focus on Pollard? Uh, yeah, because I because I, I own Zeke. I know I, I feel okay. like I know more about Pollard. So we're good. See, we're like, yeah, we're taking care of each other. Mm-hmm. So Madison, um, he actually has not looked great when he has played in relief of Cook when he's gotten the chance. Any his rookie year, he looked good. Well, last yes. year, last yeah. year for sure was not great. Um, he's and he's stuck behind Cook for at least two more years. I don't uh, I don't see anybody coming in and taking Madison away from the Vikings. And Cook is there for the next couple of years, so he's going to remain a handcuff. Um, so I would say when I looked at ADP where Madison was going, I would say swap him if you can because his ADP has remained surprisingly high for me. Yeah, he started out twenty. He he got he got bumped up after looking pretty good in Cook. So I, I, I look at both these guys, and I think their values don't really reflect whether they're good or not. It really has to do with how, what people think of Cook and, and, and Zeke, Zeke, right? Yeah. And Well, um, Pollard's looked better to me than Madison has when he's played. I mean, last year I would say that's true, but but at the same time, ultimately, I think the same. You get to the same answer. Neither one of them are going to be a thing. Their team, their their teams, Dallas and Minnesota, are locked into their guys for two years at least. Um, and their and their primary running backs are just really good. Like, and I would say Pollard got kind of a bump because Zeke did have a down year last year. But uh, I just I just don't think either one of these guys have a chance of being a thing. If you their value is as a handcuff. That's it. Right. And and it's not handcuff and a little bit more. Maybe he gets a starting job. Not really. It's a handcuff. And uh, if you can get people to give you a little more because they think that he they might get the the gig at some point in time, especially with Pollard, that's you, that's when to to sell him. So I think these are both guys. Where if you can if you can move them, move them. Because for me, they're kind of roster cloggers. They're just you're holding onto this guy, hoping the guy in front gets hurt. If you get deep rosters, that's fine. But in a lot of leagues, you're just you're you're hoping for bad news for somebody else, and and ultimately, just because you know Zeke is really good, doesn't mean that if that he goes down, that this next guy is going to be just as good. I think people make that mistake all the time, and it just it's not true. So. If you are looking to move Madison, I've got some names that are similar in ADP. People are valuing these guys similar to Madison. Gus Edwards is one of those guys. Naheem Hines. Gus Edwards is on the field. He's he's going to share time yep. with DK, uh, J.K. Dobbins. Mm-hmm. Um, Cole Komet, I know he's probably not the most exciting tight end to come out, but I think he's going to be a solid tight end for a while. He might be a nice pickup if you can get him. Tyler Higby has some upside. Antonio Brown, if you're, if you're going for it this year. Exactly. Yeah. If you're going for it, you could probably get Antonio Brown for Madison. Troutman, if you're on the Troutman train. I'm not on the Troutman train necessarily, but, but here's the thing. Uh, A guy like Troutman, like, at least I see like, oh, I can see the window. I can see. Right. Yeah. He's going to get it, a shot. And I just, 
all of these guys are guys I'd rather have than either one of these guys. Yep. Yep. And those guys all are lower in ADP. They're close to Madison, but they're all lower. So. Well, in Madison and, and, and Pollard, is, their ADPs are basically very similar. So, so you can, I, I didn't actually look up Pollard's mates, but I know that within that class, they're they're back-to-back. So I, it's got to be pretty similar. All right. Let's move into the wide receiver position. Debo Samuel starts us off there. You've been a Debo fan, right, Sean? I mean, I was. Uh, if you go back and if you listen to the tale of the tape, I probably said some nice things, but I would say after his rookie year, um, I definitely very clearly had him behind a lot of the other, like he was, he was, there was the, 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 the AJ Browns, the DK Metcalfs, the, the Terry McLaurins. And, and it was, there was, I think it was those four people were, had him in all in different orders. And Debo was always for me very clearly last. But I still liked him, and I think in that class as a receiver, he's probably still in about that spot. Um, his current ADP is basically what it was when it was when he was drafted. Is twelve. He went. He bumped up to five. He, he went back down to twelve. So, bumped, up, bumped up to five in twenty twenty. Yep. And then back down. All right. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean that's again. I think I, I like him more than you. I don't think I'm breaking news here, but it. It come, for me, anyway, it comes down to the fact that I don't feel like I can trust he's going to stay healthy. Yeah. He's uh, he's missed games in the pros. He missed games in college. You got the Jones fracture. He's got the Jones fracture, which, uh, again, if we've mentioned this before, but that's a an injury that seems to really impact wide receivers uh, heavily. So that's a concern for me. Um and he just plays aggressively. He he does not avoid contact. So I don't see that necessarily changing. Um, I mean, I I for me the thing I looked at is last year. It was a weird year because Ayuk, Kittle, and Debo were all out for different games. And so you to try to piece together what that offense is going to look at. By the way, the running backs also were all in a rotation as well. When I looked at Debo's numbers, there was four games that I think were relevant for Debo. One game, he had like 114 yards. It was a big game. That happened to be the one game where Kittle and Ayuk were both out. The other three games, he averaged about 50 yards a game. And I do think if he's healthy, if he, that's an if, I think that he can do better than that. But I don't think he's going to do much better than that. So um, he's a guy that like I, I don't feel like we have enough data on at this point for me to say what he's going to be in that offense. So I would I would probably give him, if your league allows, I'd give him what I would call a bridge contract, like two years. See, what, see what, I wouldn't want to give, give up on him. I don't know what exactly you can – I don't think you, there's enough data to make a real commitment to him. With a, a lot of wide receivers, you right. like them, you're going to be like, you know – Eight years. Yeah, you're, you're talking about DK or, or A.J. Brown or Terry McLaurin. It's, you know, you're giving them however many years you can fit under the cap. Right. I just would not do that for Debo. Yeah, that's. I came to a similar conclusion. He's 25 years old. He has second-round NFL draft capital. Um, I was going to suggest the same thing, just a short contract, see if he can stay healthy for a year, go from there. I mean, I definitely think he's a, a guy that if he has another uh, year that where he struggles to stay healthy on the field, like he might be over, right? And And if he doesn't, I think he could be pretty good, but I think he's still going to be second fiddle on that team. I don't think there's, in my mind, there's no doubt that Ayuk is a more dynamic player, and the offense because he Ayuk does all the things that the Debo does he, with less contact, and and he also can do all the regular route running wide receiver type stuff that Debo. It's not his strong suit, so I just I just I can't imagine a situation where um, where Debo is anything other than the third best target on that team. Best case scenario. Sean, I'm noticing I, I transitioned us into wide receivers. but Yeah, that's me. <laughs> I screwed up. I didn't move all the running backs. That's so right. we're going to go back to running back territory. Uh, yeah, that's right. I don't think it matters too much. So uh, Devin Singletary, at least as far as I know, uh, as far as I've looked ahead, <laughs> the is back. the last running back we have. Um <laughs> Yeah, Singletary, he's – so What when I started looking into Singletary, I'm not a manager, uh, a Singletary manager, so I haven't followed that too closely. But uh, his head coach, Sean McDermott, has talked him up. 
that he's paying attention to the small details and like pass protection and things like that, which is nice to hear. Zach Moss, who people have said is threatening to take over that job, had ankle surgery earlier and is still recovering from that. So he hasn't really done anything in off-season workouts with the team. Uh, so he's obviously done nothing to take that job away from and he didn't, Let's be honest, he didn't do anything last year. We covered this last week. Right. Zach Moss, his his stats last year were inferior to Devin Singletary's by every metric. Right. So here's where I landed with Singletary. I think because of Moss's injury, that Singletary will dominate the touches in Buffalo early in the season at least. And so I think you have an opportunity to hold on to him, let him start the season, uh, and then maybe swap him before things change. I'm not a believer in Singletary long term, so I would uh, I would do that. I would sign him and then trade him. Great minds think alike. I have a slightly different analysis, but I come to the same conclusion. Preview, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, okay, so here's the thing. Um, Singletary, I said, Singletary does everything better. Uh, the team as a whole was 22nd in uh, running back carries, um, but a quarter of those were their best quarter, or their best running back. I just, I, I just stepped on that touchdown <laughs> call myself. Take two. Quarter of those were their their best running back, Josh Allen. So for me, I'm looking well, at. I wish I had a drum set. <laughs> <laughs> for me, I'm looking at it's like uh, you get a team that basically runs the ball 300 times. As a team, to sorry, gives the ball to a running back three hundred times, and you're in a share time situation there. Yeah, there's. No, I don't see where the ceiling is for Devin Singletary. There is yeah. no ceiling. The problem is, so his ADP, you bought him at nine. He went up a little bit, which is a little odd because they drafted Zach Moss, but he yeah. went up to seven, and then he did have a good year. That he year. did have a good year, but it still seems odd that they spend a second round pick on Zach Moss. I think, and then. And then, and then, uh, I think they're both third. Was it thirds? I think so. Uh, and then, uh, uh, and then, then Moss doesn't do anything. And then his drop, his ADP drops to 16 within the class again. So it's like, for me, it's a little bit like, uh, I don't understand that. I don't understand that profile. None of it makes any sense to me. It's like, I can't figure It's just, people thinking Zach Moss is a bigger guy and he's going to be more effective in the goal line. As I said, Zach Moss had three goal line carries last year. <laughs> so the problem is is that that his his ADP is just not great. If you look at his overall ADP, it's just it's there's not it's not it's not exciting. You could trade him for rugs who people are down on. I would trade him for rugs by the way. You trade him for Zach Wilson, I would trade him for Zach Wilson. I would trade him for Jalen Rager and hope that Deshaun Watson goes to Philly. Like those are, but you might not get those offers and the other players in that range, honestly, just aren't that great. So what I would do, I, I, I think he's better than Moss and I think people will come to that realization. So I'd send him for a year or two. Um, and then as soon as, because you want a contract that is somewhat enticing to somebody. And then basically, as soon as it becomes apparent to everybody that he is the better of the two running backs, I think that'll happen early in the season. Then, and you know, I don't want to hope for an injury, but something happens to Moss. You know, he gets he gets suspended, whatever. Um, then you unload him, right? Because that'll be before people realize that he's like it's a booby prize. The best running back in Buffalo is still not worth anything. So you can't well, treat him for much right now. Are you saying Josh Allen's not worth anything? <laughs> no. Uh, the, the the lead running back. Yeah. No. I mean, I would just. That's just what I would do. I think you and I have the same basic conclusion, which is you're looking for a, a window. You're looking for something, uh, maybe not quite as dramatic, but akin to what I think you get with Daryl Henderson, wh which is a window for t a sales window before people realize, like, oh, so you get now you get a larger percentage of these 300 carries, and it's that's where I'm at with them. All right. On to me, Cole Hardman. Now. I'll tell you up front, I did not come to a conclusion on Mecole. Mecole is on my team. I know that. <laughs> I'm glad because I'm looking for advice. I'm a Mecole manager, yeah. um, and I have gone back and forth. I've tried to trade him. I've decided I was going to keep him. I'm I'm in rebuild mode, so he's a young 
you know, hopefully up and coming wide receiver. Um, but I also see the, uh, the, the likelihood or at least the chance that he's going to end up being nothing. Um, so yeah, I don't know. What, what do you think, Sean? So I think he's the classic example of a guy that can help an NFL team, but is not going to help. He's just never going to help your fantasy football team. Um, if you remember, he was drafted as like an insurance policy for Tyreek Hill because Tyreek Hill had some trouble. He had legal trouble, and they weren't sure he was going to make it back. Yeah, they weren't sure that he would be suspended, or it was it was a little sketchy there, a little sketch. And so he got drafted, and people were like, well, we don't have Tyreek Hill, so we're going to draft a guy that looks as much like him as possible. But he's not Terry Gill. He's got a similar skill set, just just lesser, right? Um, and uh, I just look at this and I think Kelsey's you know getting old, but you know he's not gonna he's not gonna cut into Kelsey gets old. It's not like they're gonna start featuring Miko Hardman. It's, it's he's it's gonna be Kelsey or Hill for for years, and I just think that Miko Hardman's gonna be one of many mouths grabbing for scraps from the table. Now, so it doesn't move the needle at all for you that uh, Watkins is out of town. Nope. And Mecole is has been talked up here as looking good in the offseason and taking over the wide receiver too. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, like Watkins was garbage. And honestly, Andy Reid in his entire coaching history has really only had one or two years where he had – uh, a, the second wide receiver be productive. It was Jeremy Macklin and Deshaun Jackson, and and <clears throat> and that was like two years. But I I, just, I think you got a lot less of that. The odds are much greater you're going to get a Todd Pinkston and To situation. So I, I think he, this is a situation where where basically every single pass play, your choice is going to be Tyreek Hill. Um, or somebody else, and when I when I see Hardman succeed, it's in things where he is schemed open. You know, he they they they're doing an end around, or they got something where he is specifically schemed open, and I think that you can do that. They also added Cornell Powell. Um, I just look, I start looking at his his ADP and think thinking about things that you can get for him. Um, I give me Kadarius Tony. I mean. Gus Edwards, we talked about Gus Edwards. Give me Denzel Mims, Antonio Brown. We talked about him. I mean, that to me is nuts. I like these uh, trade suggestions, Sean. Keep so, them coming. <laughs> so the only reason I'd ever sign Michael Harbin to a contract is to trade him. I mean, like if you 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 have to make it enticing for somebody. But I would try. I'd try to trade him before I had to offer him a contract and 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 hope that uh, somebody else has to scratch their head on that. That's just. Well, that's just me. That is the plus. He's not terribly expensive. I think his ADP was in the second round. Yeah, 19 in, originally. Yeah, in rookie drafts. Which is so, where it is right now, by the yeah. way. So I, 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 I'm I, not going to argue with you. I He's a guy I have considered trading. The other, I found this too. I found it surprising. Uh, in the Super Bowl, Watkins was having trouble. I can't remember if he got hurt or wasn't producing, but just not being good, or just not, yeah, just being Watkins. Um, but Demarcus Robinson and Byron Pringle basically doubled the snap count of Nicole Hardman in the Super he, Bowl. He's a gadget guy. He's a guy that they will bring in because he has a very specific skill set, right? Mm-hmm. Like he's he's got a very specific set of skills. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Well, I do appreciate the conversation here because I think this is one of those deals where it's like I drafted this guy as a rookie. I probably got a little biased on him, and now he's going to get his shot with Watkins out of town. Um, so it's good to just have a reality check there. And uh, I, I mean, it's it's just one man's opinion, but it's right. Any <laughs> any of the guys on the list there that you gave, Sean, on your team, should we be talking? Uh, oh, wait, you don't want him, though, so that's not going to work. Yeah. Oh, oh, no, yeah, no, I it would <laughs> It would not be. I would not be your number one customer. I'm not. Yeah, I'm not your huckleberry. You're not my huckleberry. Off, I'm not your uh, off. Well, in many ways, I am your huckleberry. But uh, off the record, I'll I'll tell you who to unload them on. All right, let's move on to another one of my players. Just oh, I like it. Uh, On to another one of my players and Jacoby Myers. 
Oh, you have him. I have Jacoby. All right. Do, do you need a reality check here too? I don't think so. Let me okay. lay out why I'm excited about Jacoby. Okay. Uh, I've been hearing reports both from NBC Sports' uh, Tom Curran, who covers the Pats, and Andrew Callahan from the Boston Herald. They are both predicting that Myers will be the, uh, the Patriots wide receiver one this year. Last year, he saw 81 targets and was the wide receiver 24 overall. Um, after he started seeing significant playing time, Mac Jones will be his quarterback soon. And maybe, we are, we're, well, <laughs> I expect that to happen. Um, and we may not be the biggest Mac Jones fans in terms of fantasy quarterback. Cam claims he's the hel- he's the hasn't been this healthy since like the Super Bowl. Well, I'll tell you, Myers, these <laughs> these wide receivers, if they pan out, are 10-year assets. Where no, he's going to be playing with Mac Jones at some point. Right. And I actually think Mac Jones can be a good quarterback for his weapons. I don't necessarily love him for fantasy, but I think he's going to complete a lot of passes. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Myers, at least for me, he is inexpensive. I expect he'd be inexpensive across most franchise leagues. He's He's been bel- off the radar for ADP. For two years since he came, yeah. I mean, like there was a little buzz about him for a blip in training camp, his rookie year, but like it wasn't much. Yeah, so uh, he'll be twenty-five in November, so that feels a little old for a third-year player. So I wouldn't go crazy, but I would, I would put, you know, th- I think I'd put three years on him to see what he does. Let Mac Jones take the helm. I, I expect that to happen within three years, and just see what can what kind of chemistry develops between those two. Yeah, I might I, actually. I think you might even be underselling the number of years. I mean, again, it depends on if you have to guarantee it or not. But so his skill set is that he's a he's a technician. He's a good route runner. Uh, he's a slot receiver. I read some articles that have him pegged as the backup. Y receiver, uh, sorry, backup Z receiver, and I was just like, no, he's he's gonna be playing in the slot, and you know that's worked out well in in uh, for the Patriots for Wes Welker and Julian Edelman. He has similar skill set. He's a little, little bit bigger than than those guys, I think, but um, it's a really 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 low volume offense. Um, but. I actually think that he looks to me like a guy made for Mac Jones. So your your whole projection about where Mac Jones is going to be and 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 whatnot, I I, I don't like him for Cam Newton. I mean, Cam they famously drafted a bunch of really giant wide receivers because he wasn't very accurate. So they figured, well, we'll draft Kelvin Benjamin. He's big enough that you know he'll either he'll either catch the football or he's going to eat it. And jeez. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Look, he's one of my people. We can talk like that, right? You can uh, say anything can you say want anything, about right? that. Okay. Um, so, uh, and if I remember, if I remember rightly, I think we liked Jacoby Myers um, last year. So, if you have him cheap, which you do, you know, I'd give him some years to see what you got. I think you, there's a good chance you're going to be pleasantly surprised. Like, I don't think he's ever going to be like a a barn burner, but if he can be a depth receiver for you at a really cheap salary, I think that's that's worthwhile. And you can get him for nothing. That's the thing. As I started looking at these names, Brevin Jordan. These these are ADP neighbors. Yeah, Daryl Williams, Rashad Perryman. Like I mean, I mm-hmm. guess if you're trying to win this year, maybe you go with Perryman. But Perryman has been mediocre to well below mediocre for many years. Oh yeah, he but, had I think one nice stretch with. The Jets, kind of nice. Yeah, like I like a half season of not even that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, O.J. Howard, like talking about Achilles injuries. Like maybe he comes back, but <laughs> wouldn't bet on it. Alan Lazard, uh, A.J. Green. I mean, these are guys that I probably wouldn't want on my team. Jacoby Myers is somebody I would want on my team. Yeah, he's young enough. There's you don't. You, there's still uh, wide receiver two. But in my mind, wide receiver two potential in his range of options. Um, you're probably looking at more of a wide receiver three kind of a guy, but still, um, if you have him, you know, you got to be looking for depth and you can get him cheap. Go get him. It's, <laughs> I'm looking at the next name on our list. This is yet another oh my God, this player is, on my this team. This is like the Tim show. <laughs> well, you're rebuilding. So a lot of these guys are. That's like that was just not intentional. It was not intentional, but I'm like, oh wow. We just did deleted I... all of my guys because they were too <laughs> obvious that you should keep them. 
Oh, come on now. <laughs> this is a sublim. Now, I've just traded for Paris Campbell. So, yeah, he uh, was a throw in. He was a throw in. Um, you want to tell everybody what your trade was? I don't, I can. I don't know if this is the time to break it down or not. But well, I wasn't going to break it down. I just, okay. I'm, uh, for interest's sake. I had Aaron Jones and not a whole lot else around him. Right. And so I felt like this was time to, to sell the assets that I do have that have value. Um, so I traded him for a first round pick in Paris Campbell. And I did pick Paris Campbell off the guy's roster. He had a few options. I mean, obviously. Preston Williams? Was he, was he I think Preston Williams is one of them, and yeah. I didn't want anything to do with him. No. Um, speaking of it, he's a third year player. He is too. a third year player. We're not going to cover him. We're not going to yeah. talk about him. But anyway. Well, we just did. <laughs> the reason I picked Paris Campbell is he did have. We can a, talk about Preston Williams. If you want to talk about Preston Williams, which, which we're, we're not, not going to do, yeah, no one else talk. gets that. That's a Denny Greenism from back in the day. He, was, that guy, was awesome for the Vikings. Oh, Just best quotes, quote after quote after quote, and so funny. Ah, okay. So back to it. Paris <laughs> Campbell had a really nice senior season at Ohio State. He was drafted in the NFL at the end of the second round. So good capital, good player, good draft capital. He just has been hurt a ton. But when he's played, he's looked good. I about that pre like that one decent preseason catch he had. He's had I think nine <laughs> games. He had in nine the pros. games, twenty four catches total, yeah. and five injuries. By the way, and right, I I was saying he's on his way to becoming the next AJ Green. Remember the discussion we had where AJ Green has got, had like twelve injuries in the NFL, and they're all different. Right. And they're all awful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but Paris Campbell, he's had a two-year career. He's had five different injuries. So, and a couple of them are like fractures. Uh, a third one was having his knee blown up. The ones that concern me, he's had a couple of soft tissue strains, and those are concerning to me. But I, can't, I I'm not ready to label him injury prone yet because of that. Uh, you know, I don't really like the term injury prone, but I, and I don't see with him well it's hard to see but i don't see he's not like a guy like debo where i just like you watch him play and you're like well that's a guy that's going to get hurt right right <laughs> kittle another and, guy and i do believe a little bit we talked about this with dr westgard i do believe a little bit in the injury prone label when it comes to soft tissue i played football in high school right every oh, year good for you <laughs> right so did i by the way <laughs> Right. Well, I don't know about you, but every year I had a groin injury. Like I would pull something around my groin and it would hurt. The in- <laughs> <laughs> yes, uh, you did. Yeah. Well, I pull a couple things around my groin and uh, I'd be hurt all season every year. And it slowed me from slowed me down from running like a six one. Uh, 40 to mm-hmm. running a 7240. So, <laughs> anyway, um, now we're really digressing on Paris Campbell here. Um, but anyway, so I, I do believe in his talent. If he can stay healthy, I think he'll be a good player. Um, but he's, here's the problem with him is he was drafted early. His ADP as a rookie was 10. 10. And so he's probably already kind of expensive given the production that he's had in the NFL. So I'm going to hold off on my conclusion. I want to hear what you have to say about them. And, and, and then you we'll... copy me. I get it. Um, so I look at this as ADP and I, and I say, it's in, okay. it's in writing, man. You <laughs> it is in writing. It right now. Um, yeah. Started at 10. The, he basically, his entire first year, barely got on the field. Then went to 18. Also didn't get on the field the second year. It's now it's down to 21. And honestly, we, you and I looked at some of these guys within this class and really there's like, you get about 18 guys in and you're like, ah, do I have to really keep this guy in my roster? So he's kind of dropped below that point. So, but if you believe in him, it, it, he, unlike everybody else, you haven't seen him play. Like I, he just, he hasn't played. So I don't think we're at a point where he can like, you can weigh like, oh, well, now he's got a legitimate quarterback. Now he's got Jonathan Taylor, you know, and, and offense should be pretty good. And so his numbers are going to improve. It, it, the problem isn't that his numbers need to improve. I mean, it is. But it's just like he needs to be on the field. You have to, you have no way of knowing whether he is. He could be, you know, Terry McLaurin that hasn't been playing. Or he could be Nikhil Harry who has not been playing. It, you right. have no knowledge of that. Right. I mean, well, you have a little bit of knowledge. The, the games he's the games he's played in, he's 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 been decent. 
okay. <laughs> okay. That was a, I don't believe you. Okay. It's not but yeah, it's fine. what it was. But see, I look at this and I think, okay, so what 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 was his skill set? His skill set was again one of these OSU guys that catches the ball close to the line of scrimmage and you know, he's yep. whether it's like Curtis Samuel or or Debo Samuel or one of these guys. Um and, and you know who basically does that is Naheem Hines. And so he already has somebody on that team doing that. Now, it doesn't mean that you can't have two people doing that, but it's, for me, the salary is 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 the, is the big problem. And you already brought it up, but I, I just think you're looking at adding years onto what you're starting at as a pretty high salary with no information. Like, for me, he's a guy I'd cut and then resign to whatever I could get him at. Did you read my notes? No, I did not. Uh, but if you if you if you're in a league where you can cut a guy, and uh, um, and and bid him at your auction, which I, most of these leagues you can do something like that, I just think he's still kind of I I, I believe in the talent. Like I think you st- like if if someone says you could have Nikhil Harry, you could have Terry McLaurin. I'm willing to roll the dice on that, right? Right. <laughs> I mean, uh, but the problem is 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 I don't know if I want to roll those. Like, ideally, I would not want to roll those dice with a first-round salary. So um, I look at his similar ADPs. I would, if you could sell them, and I could sell them for Nico Collins or Marvin Jones or Russell Gage, like, I would for sure probably do it for Nico Collins. Um, but he, being Paris Campbell, has more upside than all of those guys. Maybe not Collins, but those other names are all kind of guys I think are they're probably likely to be pretty good, but not great. Yeah, Paris Campbell still could be really good. Right, which um, is why it was worth trading for him for yeah. me because I'm in the rebuild mode. But yeah, that that's that's my issue. Is just the salary. If you're yep. if you're if you're if you got him at like let's say someone cut him and you picked him up and you got him cheap, I'm all in. Yeah. He's still carrying, in our league, he's still carrying his first-round price, and that's actually the conclusion I came to, which I wish I would have come to before the trade. But uh, I think you would be able to cut him at his first-round draft salary and get him back cheaper in your free agent auction. So, uh, But given the, the situation of my team, where my team's at, um, I'm still going to I'm going to hang on to him and see what happens. We don't have any penalty for cutting a guy. Yeah, you can always so, cut him later. Yeah, I mean, so. I, I, for me, it's just about if you, sometimes I like to cut a guy before the auction because I know I can get it back cheaper because even though I believe in the guy, if he starts to pan out, now you're either tied to that salary or if you try to do that move later on. Like for us, during that move during the season, they're blind, it's blind, blind bidding. Right. And you, I, I don't want to take the chance that I'm going to lose a guy that I really believe in. So if you really right. believe in him, I like to have that control. Do it at the auction because then you can pay. You, then you may have to overpay if but, some else. So if there's, a, if there's one other guy that loves him. Right. But the other thing is you might end up paying a little more than, than like the initial first round price, but you're resetting the contract. Yeah. So yeah, and th- th- at least that's how it works in our league is, is, you know, you, c- you got a new free agent contract and then you get to wait another year before having to give them another contract. Right. right. So still have some things to think about there. On to Hollywood Brown. All right. I don't like Hollywood Brown. That's that. I'll jump to my conclusion. <laughs> Spoiler. <laughs> <Spoilly. laughs> Sorry. Right. Here's why. Are, the Ravens have added weapons, or a really good weapon. They've added a few, but I, I think Bateman is bad news for Brown, um, just for starters. Uh, Lamar, actually, I didn't think of him necessarily as being a great downfield passer, and he's not, but he throws plenty of downfield passes. They're just not very accurate. They're just not accurate. He had the 19th most attempts over 20 yards last year, but he ranked number 28 in accuracy. So yeah. it's not like he wasn't going for those downfield just, throws to Hollywood. Hollywood is like, sorry, Lamar is like the worst quarterback for Hollywood. Yeah, it, a, they don't. Maybe Alex Smith would be worse, but because at least Hollywood at least throws them downfield. But yeah, yeah. Um, Hollywood finished as the wide receiver 34 in half PPR. He played all 16 games last year. Um, so I just I don't see what gets better for him. Lamar's still there. Bateman's in town now. He's not super expensive uh, as far as rookies go. He was 
his ADP as a rookie was at 15. And that's um, where he is now. And that's he's, and he's not, he really hasn't changed. He's basically been that guy. Right. So he's holding value even though he's turned in two subpar seasons for a guy that was drafted at number 15. Uh, so he's a guy I'd swap personally. Maybe I, I – and do you – do you agree with I'll give some names on swapping or some ideas on what you might be able to trade. I'm into swapping. <laughs> Jeez. Um, but did you have more to say about uh Hollywood? So I mean, I, I so here's the thing. Um we've already we've talked about Hollywood and Lamar like on ten different podcasts. So I, I don't really want to spend okay. too much on that. I do think there's a difference. He's a classic example of a guy who can be a productive NFL player, but it doesn't necessarily going to be a, a good fantasy football player. Um, it's just, it's for me, it's like I would, there's still players that you can trade him for that I would want to trade him for. And that's what I would do. I would try to move him. Um, and I mean, should we just play the game of naming names? And well, see? let me throw some out. Yeah, do you want to throw names out to me, or just throw some names out to right. you? Well, for me, if I, if I'm if I'm trying to win right now, you can trade him for Brandon Cooks, uh, who, as we talked about, gets a thousand yards pretty much every year, and I would do that without blinking. I would right. run as fast as I could to do that trade. You can get Will Fuller I, for him. <laughs> neither one of those guys are that old. Right. Like that's the thing. They're right. both like in their like mid twenties. They're not Brandon Cooks is twenty eight. I think this 27, is 28 maybe. Yeah. yeah. He might have just turned twenty eight, but sure. he's not that old. Corey Davis. I wasn't invited to his birthday party. I would I'm not that high on Corey Davis, but I still think he's got a better shot at producing than Hollywood does. Yep. Yep. Henry, uh, Henry Ruggs, I would, I, I've, we did it this last week. I would, I right. myself am rolling the dice with Henry Ruggs. Right. Because at least there's a, there's a, there's a ceiling there, right? I just don't think Hollywood's ever going to get that ceiling. We talked about Darnell Mooney last week. He's also below uh, Marquise Brown. That, that one's a little closer ADP. for me because, because the thing about, about Hollywood is like he did bulk up, but I just, I see him as being one of these guys and like Mooney's more boomer bust, right? Like, but you know, uh, you know, whatever they just got rid of Anthony Miller, they just moved moved him. So that, not that I think it makes a big difference for Mooney, but like Fields to Mooney train is so much more appealing to me than uh, Lamar Jackson to Hollywood. Yep, I so, agree. I take a second rounder for him too. I would. Personally. Oh yeah, I mean, I mean, his ADP was high second. I would take, I would take almost. Would I take a low second this year for him? I would. I would do if I, if the, you haven't had your rookie draft yet, and you're confident in your ability to draft. I would do so thinking that you know one of these guys is going to fall. And by the way, like you might get the best quarterback in the class, whoever you believe in. He might fall in a one quarterback league. Sure. He might fall to the end of the second, and and that's a guy that you can do something with for a bunch of years. Yeah. So all right. That's, we... I, I only give him a contract to sell him. That's it. Got you. We have one more name, Sean. Okay. I don't think it's going to take us very long. No. Darius Slayton was another name we wanted to touch on. Um, what are your? Yeah, I've let off the last few. Why don't you tell me what so, you got? So he started out as kind of a uh, undrafted free agent type. Um, I remember liking him. I, this is before we started the podcast. He was like on my list of guys that I might take in the third round, um, but. Uh, if I had a, another pick in the third round, but I had an early pick, and so I took McLaurin, but I did not. But Slayton was... Uh, <laughs> that worked out for it would, you. No, it worked I out fine say. for me. But Slayton was a guy that if I had like a late third round pick, I was going to go for Slayton. Um, and I was pretty excited about him. But here's the thing. His ADP bumped up to 16 because he had a really nice rookie year, and then it dropped down to 23 because now because he didn't have a good sophomore year. It hasn't dropped enough. It hasn't dropped enough because people have a hard time letting go of that little flash that they saw their rookie year. You had, which was basically touchdown driven. It was touchdown driven. Eight right? touchdowns in his rookie season. And then you, you, uh, it's just right now to me, it's they've already replaced his role in the offense. Is you know they've 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 got Galladay, and they just drafted Kadarius Tony. Kadarius Tony. And for me, it's like where's Darius Slayton? Let's say somehow Jones ends up being some great quarterback. Like he's still looking at pretty crappy volume. I just don't see any reason to keep him. There's not a lot of great players you can get, but you can get Van Jefferson for him, and I would take Van Jefferson really 
as fast as I could. Right. Because at smash. least I'd see, okay, all, all that has to happen for Jan, Van Jefferson to be good is they have to move on from Woods or Cup after this year when they're strapped for cash. That's it. Yeah. And I don't see that kind of opportunity when they've just brought in two new guys uh, to compete with Terry Slayton. Yep. Yeah, I just see him. If you can't trade him, I would dump him. This is, my, I think, my one dump because I just see him as a roster clogger. Yeah, I, 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 I agree. If, you, if you're unable to – I mean, I'd try to move him for something, but if you're unable to do it – I mean, I'd take a third-round pick for Darius Slayton. Yep, I would too. All right, that's going to do it for our third-year players. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate you supporting our independent podcast. Leave a rating and review where you're listening to this podcast. You can scroll down on Apple Podcasts to the bottom. There's a spot to choose your star value. And leave a review. Let us know what you like. Select five. What you, <laughs> you're supposed to like whisper that or do it like in backward Sublim- masking. Subliminable. Subliminable. There you go. Um, yeah, leave leave that uh, review there. Let us know what you enjoy and uh, what you'd like to see in upcoming episodes. We have a Facebook group called The Steel Pod. I'm on Twitter at Steel Pod. I'm at Steel Pod Sean. And thank you for again again for joining us. We will be back next Monday. And until then, bye bye. Thank you for listening to another episode of Steel. Join our community on the Steel Pod Facebook group. And follow us on Twitter at SteelPod.